Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. It has been one magical year. Magical, miraculous, magnificent. How many more adjectives can I think about to describe our first year of the Ready Play Tennis Podcast? I'm trying to recall if... Well, I'm trying to recall if I can recall. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think if I can recall the actual moment where I said to you we should do this on one of our drives back from tennis. And you were like, girl, what you talking about? Or something like that. <laughs> do you, was that my reaction when you initially proposed the idea of a pod? I think it was something in the vein of like, mm. what, are you, what, what are you talking about? I mean... Yeah. I, okay, I actually remember it perhaps a little differently, but I'm nervous that I would reveal another planned <laughs> right. endeavor. Should I reveal or we're just going to keep that on the mum? Yeah, you, I mean, you can say that we, we have other ideas in, in the hopper. Okay, so, okay, just exactly what Jason said. We were initially talking about this other idea in the hopper. And Jay and I were coming home from, uh, you know, one of our tennis matches at Supreme. And we were discussing, okay, what are the first steps to, you know, getting this idea off the ground? And you had mentioned, well, we should start a pod that would naturally grow a base for us to, you know, get this other idea in the hopper off the ground. I was like, girl... Do you how many time, how many hours in the day do you have? <laughs> I, I do believe that was it was something along those lines that you said. Yeah, and I um, it's funny it's funny how life happens because this other idea in the hopper is on hold temporarily or forever knows how long, but this pod has become has just turned one years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one year a few days ago and. Obviously, we've done a lot of episodes. Forty-two. This Jesus. is forty-three. <laughs> Jeez, I know. <laughs> I know. But um, what has been sort of some of your fave mems? Fave mems. I mean, it goes without saying that the highlights for me, probably one of the premier highlights, is having the opportunity to interview players that seemed in my mind, so unreachable or unattainable. You know, as a tennis fan and enthusiast and player, we spent years discussing our favorite players at GLTA tournaments and watching them at Grand Slams. And the fact that we got to interview Jeannie, Leila, Vika, and Christian just surpassed my wildest dreams. Yeah, I'm remembering the day that we got 
the IG message back from <laughs> from Vika, and we were like, "No, can we interview with you tomorrow?" She's like, "No, I'm busy tomorrow. Can we do today?" <laughs> yeah, I was. I just wrapped up teaching, and I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, I can't mark these these grammar quizzes. I gotta prep for the Vika interview tonight." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you know, just so many fun moments. I think for me, at least. You know, you thinking of doing a podcast seems a bit daunting, like all the th- technical things you need to learn, how to record, how to edit, how to post, how to promote mm-hmm. the do's and the don'ts. But, you know, you and I figured all of that stuff out. I think you held my hand probably a little bit through some of the, you know, editing on Garage Band, <laughs> all of those fun things. But, you know, we've come to a, I think a nice balance and you know even in the last couple of weeks you have taken over doing the social media because you love it and you have this now kick-ass Canva game <laughs> um, for our posts and I've been doing the editing and the, the audio teasers and we have that sort of nice balance as well mm-hmm. Absolutely. so yeah all of that stuff has been cool like some of the running jokes about Bianca's lamp and <laughs> You know, getting ribbed on by Nick Kyrgios. Like, who can say that they've... Well, I'm, I'm, he has a lot of people on his shit list, but we're, we're there too. Yeah, we're there too. And I was going to add, I mean, I think you, you would absolutely agree, but the one surprise that has been the most fulfilling has been this sort of niche tennis community of listeners that invite us into their homes every week, you know, either in their homes or on their way to work or whatnot. I just wanted to shout out a couple because these are the guys that have stuck around from the jump, from the very beginning. So Carrie, Jay, first of all, I'm sorry that I don't know where all of you guys are from, but you know, you've interacted with Jason and I on the regular by sliding into our DMs, but we've got Carrie, Jay, Rana, Jeff, Mario, David, Norton, Mark, Russell, Joe, Gonzalo, Nick. And I was like literally scrolling through the DMs and I didn't want to offend anyone because I didn't include their name. But there's a bunch of them. And, you know, whether Jason or myself is checking the IG, like we just love that you slide into our DMs and say, hey, did you watch that moment where Vashik lost his fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I didn't watch that match. And then I had to go back and see what happened and see the meltdown. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's been such a lovely surprise and evolution that there's just, you know, a bunch of people that like to you know, have a glass of wine with us and uh, enjoy our little pot every week. Yeah. And, you know, I think it goes without saying that I have enjoyed doing this with you because we have been unable to do very much together. Yes, you're you're the friend that I see the most. <laughs> yeah, even though we don't really see each other at no. all, except on the FaceTime where we record. Yes, exactly. I don't have a feeling that we need to catch up because even though we just talk about tennis, we have, you know, a couple of minutes where we do catch up about each other's lives before we record. So I'm also very thankful for that. Yeah. So, you know, we won't do any tears. We'll just say happy birthday to us. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Uh, We may be um, inviting you to support us in a different way in a week or two. Mm -hmm. Um, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, we (laughs) want to make the show better. 
uh, we want to have more guests and we want to sort of technically make certain things uh, improved so uh, look out for that and you know if you support any other you know shows um, you probably know about patreon so I'll just leave it at that um, we're setting up a page where you can lend your support to us if you love us on a monthly basis yeah if you, if you girls enjoy our little tennis commentary we make you giggle every now and then then hit us up in the next few weeks yeah 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 so speaking of giggling <laughs> <laughs> um we i i think what we've discovered this week is that you and i have a bit of a different way in which we watch tennis <laughs> i appreciate yeah. i appreciate the fact that as i just mentioned you have taken over the social media role because as we've discussed i'm a bit more of a tennis purist mm -hmm. so if this i see the schedule for the day you know i'm not going to watch every match but there are certain matches i'm going to have my eye on and i'm going to want to watch them from beginning to end Yes. And you take a little bit of a different approach. I do. You know, just speaking about the way that you consume tennis, this is something that I learned about you. And the perfect example of how Jason consumes tennis can be perfectly described with our tennis outing at East York last year. It was during the U.S. <laughs> Open. It was a pivotal round. I don't even remember which one. I think it was maybe the semis. It was Berrettini Rafa. No, not last year. Was it last the year? It might have been the year before because, yeah, Rafa didn't play last year. Right. So it was the year before. And um, one of the club managers, Tony, I think is his name. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, just like he won't feel offended if I say this, but loudmouth Tony just shouting at the from the rafters from the clubhouse. He's like, guys, guess what? Rafa's up 3-0 in the first set. And literally Jason's on the court in the middle of our match <laughs> plugging his ears like, la, 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 la. <laughs> So, I mean, to that point, you do not want to take a peek at any social for fear that the match results will be spoiled. So Chris Ang is X'd out. Yeah. <laughs> um, our social, our IG is definitely X'd out. And I'm not so much um, a purist in that sense. You know, I, do, I don't mind seeing what the results are on like an app or whatnot and watching the match in the aftermath. So yeah, there's definitely a difference in that respect. Yeah, I mean, sometimes during these events that happen in Europe, the live tennis starts fairly early. I do get up early enough. Uh, so, you know, Madrid was happening starting at 5 a.m. here. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I would get up at like 6, 6.15. Sometimes I'd put it on. Um, if the match was interesting, I'd watch. And I'd use the trusty fast forward button, which is <laughs> which is how I get through a lot of matches. Because as we all know, there's, you know, the meat and potatoes of the matches, the points that happen. And then for certain players, the in-between time is shorter or longer, depending on the <laughs> player. So for me, I know how how I watch tennis is, is and how I get through the matches is by understanding how, how long each player takes in between the points. So <laughs> you, you know, okay. I was going to ask, so you, so on your device, one press of the fast forward button is the equivalent of how long it's on, on the cable that we have now it's six seconds, six seconds. So give our listeners 
some kind of barometer. So Rafa Nadal. So Rafa Nadal, um, you know, he has his Nadalisms. He has to, you know, uh, brush the hair behind his ear. He has to fix his bandana. He has to wipe his brow with his uh, wristband. He has to you know, pick his wedgie, um, tug at his nutsack. And then he has to look at the the serve clock to make sure he's he's got a few more seconds left, and then he chooses how many times he's bouncing the ball. Um, before he's done all of that, though, he you know has probably grabbed his towel. He's probably <laughs> brushed off the line. Um, he's probably tapped his shoes with his racket. So, um, in there lies six or seven pushes of the button. <laughs> so there's about. You know, we know that the serve clock is 25 seconds. He far exceeds <laughs> most serve clocks. Whereas someone like Bublik or Barty, they're like two to three pushes of the button. Mm, gotcha. Zverev, you know, the, the Zverev match uh, with uh, the final with uh, Berrettini was three to four for both of them. Three to four. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any players that don't require a press of the fast forward button or Federer is pretty fast but you need at least one or two um when he serves yeah i feel like you've created the birth of a new segment like are we <laughs> is this going to be a new rating system in terms of like interest of players like are they going to get one push of the fast forward or like six put like is it a rafael nadal six push or like a one push Roger Federer I mean if it's a Milos Raonic match I just hold the fast forward button until it's over (laughs) (laughs) I really want to dig him but come on you're so boring (laughs) fast forward I fast forward through it completely oh that's a good one that's uh that's the best one I like that (laughs) so yeah so I you know to wrap up I appreciate you taking ownership of the social media at times because then I can be you know the purest that I am so yesterday I said you know I was out for the day I'm not going to watch any of the matches until later you're like got it (laughs) so you took over the IG as the men's semis were happening and the women's final yeah I it's a job that I enjoy and it's funny going back to the whole you know what have we learned about ourselves in the evolution of this podcast um yeah the social is something that I enjoy it's not not to say that you don't enjoy that aspect but you know um I am again not so bothered by finding the results and like being the first it's hard to be the first but you know being the first to kind of share the results with our followers yeah and we yeah and you've done a good job this week of polling people's thoughts on who's gonna win certain (laughs) matches and sometimes it seems like a a few times this week they got they got it quite wrong yeah i mean more than a few are we gonna are we gonna dive into madrid is that a good segue i mean i think we need to ask our listeners to maybe do a little bit better (laughs) with their predictions i mean we love you you've stuck with us for a year but i mean pay a little bit more attention to the fact that mertens was gonna beat barty or sorry was gonna beat halep 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 sorry five letters oh i screwed up the joke 
That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so going into the women's draw and starting with that match, I mean, the quarters were fascinating. Bringing it back to the whole social aspect, we posted an IG where our followers voted whether they thought Mertens or Halep was going to take it. You guys were all savage. Savage. <laughs> Literally, literally, it was like 99.9% Halep's going to take the match. And the sole voter for Mertens... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, there were two. Jonathan Scott. Yeah. So our tennis friend and journalist, Jonathan kudos, Scott. Kudos to Jonathan. Kudos to Jonathan. And Norto16. Funny story. I messaged Norto16 from Australia and said, Really? You think that... You think that Mertens is going to take this match? And he's and he messaged back right away. And he's like, I don't know why I voted for her. <laughs> so it wasn't even an intentional vote. So he, oh, you're throwing him under the bus. He's like, <laughs> I am. But now, now he's certainly taking credit for it, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I wonder, like, have people not been watching her play? Mertens? Yeah. She's just, you know, she's the girl that does not appear on anyone's pick to win list. She's the girl that goes deep despite the fact that she's made numerous finals last year. She just doesn't have a game that's I mean, I I I just caution what I say. It's not that it's not spectacular. It's just not it's not flashy. And yeah. she doesn't have a flashy personality um and receive a lot of press that would put her on people's radar but she took it against your girl Halep 7-5 in the third yeah and Halep <laughs> let's let's take a take a, a moment to listen to your coach <laughs> when he says to you slow down in between dust points mm-hmm. you tend to rush when you are starting to lose your momentum even in points, whether you're winning or losing a point, you are going too quickly. Yeah, that's something that Darren Cahill, has, I mean, we both thought that that was something that she managed really well, especially in winning those two Grand Slam titles. But, you know, peaks of the Halep of old are starting to poke through. Yeah. And it's, a you know, especially going into a slam that you've won before, like, let's just calm it down, girl. Yeah, it's not a pokeroo we like. <laughs> uh, so do you want to run down the rest of the quarters? Sure. So the quarters um, in the top half, Barty beat Kvitova. Again, a very fascinating matchup considering that Kvitova is always on everyone's lips. She did fairly well at Stuttgart um, earlier in the season, but Barty in a three set wrapped that up 6-3 in the third. Um, you know what? I'm going to save that second matchup for last because I do want to talk about her. Sabalenka ended up defeating Mertens in the quarters. Uh, Mertens, unfortunately, had to withdraw with a left thigh injury. That sucks, man. I doubles know. opponents going to battle. Or doubles teammates going to battle. I know. that's. I don't know how I'm going to feel when we face each other for the first time in a GLT match. <laughs> <laughs> We've had, one. I think, one opportunity. It didn't happen. We both, I think maybe we both floundered. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Earlier yeah. in the draw. Yeah. And um, the bottom half of the draw, it was Pavlyuchenkova over Mukova, who uh, took out Osaka in the previous round. And just a couple of things about those quarterfinals. First of all, Pavlyuchenkova, Anastasia, 
she is an amazing player, has been in the top 20 for the past few years. It was nice to see her back mm-hmm. go deep in a draw, especially in her fucking fierce leopard cheetah print Nike kit. Like I must have missed that match where she was wearing that because the, the matches I saw, she was wearing like black. She was wearing black and in the day she was wearing purple. Maybe I'm wrong, but I did see her in that sleeveless cheetah print. I was like, where's that? Why is... <laughs> Why is Nike not doing something bold like that for Serena? Or well, <laughs> maybe they do do it for Serena, but for other players. Um, so, yay. Welcome back, Anastasia. The woman I wanted to highlight is Bedosa. She beat Bencic in the quarters. This is a former junior Australian Open champion. Bedosa made her mark last year, and she beat a couple of top players in some important tournaments. This year, she beat Barty at um, the Volvo tournament in Charleston. And you go, girl. No, the the Spanish female player that many people are not talking about, obviously they'd rather talk about Mugu, but, you know, she made a name for herself by making it to the semis. So congrats to her. Nice. Is she playing in Rome or is she not high enough to be to be in the draw there no i think she is playing in rome Bedosa is for sure playing in rome you know what i think you're right because i did see i'm looking through the draw now i don't quite see her name but i did see some posts of her there so i think cool i you know i like obviously we've talked about our love for mugu Mm -hmm. i'm starting to have a little bit more appreciation for soribes tormo (laughs) i like watching her play now so bring it on spain bring it on spain absolutely and let's talk about this final because I first of all, I need to ask you, is there anything that you want to say about the Barty Sebalenka final before I get into my public apology? <laughs> I think I know a little bit about your public apology. I think <clears throat> you're being a little too nice, to be honest. <laughs> oh, really? Um, <laughs> but uh, she, Sabalenka dominated in that first set obviously there was she she did nothing wrong she could not miss uh Mm -hmm. she was just overpowering um barty but barty starts she she doesn't get too down on herself she sort of isn't you know losing herself or losing her mind having lost a set six love she sort of just slowly builds herself into the match and that's how she was able to win the second set mm-hmm. uh i did think barty was going to win the match so did i mm-hmm. i i completely thought she was going to win the match and you know last week's episode we talked about the dichotomy between uh, between the women that are one-dimensional and the women that have, as you call it, and as Jonathan calls it, variety, mm-hmm. right? And this was a perfect example. This final was a perfect example of that. I called Arena a one-dimensional player last year. <laughs> I mean, last year, last episode. Girl, can can I tell you how many people came for me for that comment? Who? I, I, okay, let me... I'll, I'll come for them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. People were just sli- okay. People were sliding into our IG DM and also into my personal DMs. Those that you know follow me on my personal IG, and they're saying, "You think Arena Sabalenka is a one-dimensional player? Have you not seen her play doubles with Mertens? Have you not <laughs> seen her drop shot game?" And so you know, I felt attacked. 
you know, as, <laughs> as Laganja Estranja felt attacked on that season of RuPaul's Drag Race in the <laughs> Interior Illusions Lounge. And I did my due diligence and I watched her, you know, semifinal and her final with a keen eye. And listen, I likened her to be the Maria Sharapova of this era on clay in that she is a complete power hitter. But she does have more dimension that I did not give her credit for. And mm-hmm. I know that you're saying that I'm maybe being a little bit too nice, but compared to Naomi, which was the original kind of argument that I was trying to make, she does have more dimension than Naomi on clay at least. And right. so it, it does make it does make sense that Sabalenka could take out someone like Barty in a final on clay. Mm-hmm. So Arena, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give a more formal apology? Like, do you want to, do you need, um, do you want to take over for 10 seconds and give a more formal apology? Okay. Um, Arena, if you're listening, (laughs) I called you a one-dimensional player last week. Uh, It was completely not within my right and completely an uneducated opinion on you. And based on your finals performance, I have my whole size seven and a half foot in my mouth. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. I would like to say uh, to you, Alduin, uh, because this is your podcast, it is completely within your right to say that she's one dimensional. It is completely within your right to correct and educate yourself. And now let everybody know that she is two dimensional. She has the power game and she can hit a drop shot. <laughs> wow, that's like shade, like extra, extra shade. She's I do even... <laughs> love, <laughs> I do love watching her though because I feel like you know, oftentimes, maybe maybe people don't do this, but I do sometimes compare how hard women hit to how hard men hit, and mm. she hits as hard or harder than the men at least from what when i'm watching i i feel like she's doing that and i don't think anybody can beat her if she's you know hitting her spots and making her shots and this tournament in particular for some reason favored the hard the heavy hitters as you know both in both draws the the men's and the women's side yeah i mean that is uh it's a complete shock to me and it makes me wonder it makes the upcoming Rome and French Open tournament that much more fascinating yeah like how is the how is the clay going to compare to Madrid to Roland Garros is it going to play more like a hard court because if that's the case then you know fuck just give the trophy to Naomi Osaka (laughs) (laughs) I think that's people were making that comparison in Madrid I don't know if it's something to do with the altitude or um, the type of clay that they're using or a mix of both, but uh, there was some comments that it was playing more like a hard court. So you would, I mean, you would think someone like Naomi would put, would do well, but if you're a bit of a, a bumbler on the clay, then you're not necessarily going to do all that well. You still need to be able to, to move. Um, and that's something, you know, Naomi still needs to work on, obviously. Mm-hmm. Maybe she listened to our podcast last week and just has been practicing sliding <laughs> all week long. <laughs> she's going to slide her way into into Rome where she's 
again ranked number two, but she could potentially meet Serena in the quarters. Ooh, that'll be a juicy encounter. Juicy indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on the women? Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, the last bit that I will say is Sabalenka snaps Barty's 16 match streak. Um, I think her 16-match streak is the closest that we've had to any kind of female dominance on the tour. So she is living up to her ranking, and she's Mm -hmm. totally making me look like an idiot. Yeah, she's making us both look like idiots (laughs) for all of the first season of our podcast, where we were wondering who the number one player in the world is. There you go. So congrats. Now we know. Now we know, girl. She'd be like, you better know. Done. <laughs> Done. Get it up in there. <laughs> and, you know, she is a likable person. And she... Ash. Ash, yeah. She oh, throws to- no shade. Totally likable. And that um, that handshake at the end of the Barty Sabalenka encounter, because, again, th- those were the same women that met in Stuttgart earlier this year. There's a camaraderie about them that is just so lovely to see. Like, I thought they were just going to start making out. <laughs> They're just so lovely to each other, which I thought was great. Yeah. they. I think there is starting to be a bit more consistency in the women's game. Like, they, these two are are running it at the moment. Mm-hmm. If, if someone like Osaka can start to be good on clay or on the grass, <clears throat> then... You know, maybe there could be like a group of three or four ladies in the sort of post Serena era that can be running the game and having the rivalries. I I don't think so. No <laughs> offense, just, I I don't think so. You don't. There's just so. there's just too many women in the mix. Hmm. I think there's too many women that are equally as good that could take a title at any moment. Yeah. So. Well, what about the what about the the dudes? <laughs> the dudes. The ATP dudes. dudes. So last week the women had the forefront. This week the men did. Yeah. Um gosh, it's it's so hard to know where to start. Okay, I'll start with this. Those of you that are avid listeners of our podcast know that last week I said there was no fucking chance in hell Benoit Pair was going to win his first round match <laughs> against the recent winner of the not Belgrade. Where did he win? No, he won in Monte Carlo. Oh no, sorry, he no. won. <laughs> sorry, we're Basil- talking about Basilashvili. Basilashvili, yes. Not Basil- your boy. Not your ex-boyfriend. Not my ex-boyfriend. Basilashvili won somewhere, didn't he last week? He did. He won somewhere. <laughs> he won somewhere, and I was like, we'll leave oh, it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I was like, there's no freaking way that Benoit Pair just literally three seconds off a plane from the Maldives, flying from. Voici Charles de Gaulle to Roland, uh, not Roland Garros, to uh, Madrid, um, faces a recent tournament winner. Is he going to win that match? Bitch, was I fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he won in straight sets, and his victory reaction was probably kind of similar to how someone would win if they won a grand slam yeah he won the olympics but he can't play the olympics (laughs) oops too soon benoit was was that intentional (laughs) no it was 
Wisconsin, actually. Usually, I, usually we're good at planning these things, but that was an unplanned joke. Unplanned joke. And I said last week, I said, listen, I will do a dare for those of you that think that I'm wrong. And if Benoit Pair ends up winning his match, what am I going to do? Now, y'all didn't get... Y'all didn't send any messages in time, so I'm not doing any fucking dare. Yeah, he doesn't have to do anything. You know what he's going to do? He's going to eat french fries from his air fryer. That's what he's going to do. I've been doing that all episode. <laughs> that that shows you how, how little people care about you, Benoit Pair. <laughs> no, no care, Benoit Pair. No care, Benoit Pair. Needless to say, you know, things, you know, the, the matrix in the universe realigned itself when Pair lost to my ex-boyfriend um stefanos in the second round mm -hmm. so i mean that was kind of like a, a notable first round or first few rounds encounter that i paid attention to what about you yeah i watched that match and it was one of those like i kind of had a soft spot for him because i was like oh he's on a big court again oh <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna win this point oh and but you just sort of technically see how uh superior Stefano's game is and mm -hmm. when you like even Pear's forehand is a is like a hot mess just even <laughs> as a shot I'm just like how <laughs> how are you even in the top 20 why why does this why does his forehand feel like it would be like a six button fast forward <laughs> yeah. like why yeah, does it exactly. take so long <laughs> uh Benoit come on our show <laughs> he's, not, he's not he's not he's not coming on oh crap oh, no. I think he will I, I think of Ooh, I think that I, should be the dare. That should be the dare. Get on our show. Yeah, the, you can the, use use your uh, parler français to get him on the show. Parler français, like the pair dare. Yeah, send him some like uh, voice messages on oh. Instagram. <laughs> I, th I thought you were gonna say news. <laughs> <laughs> that might work too. Who knows? Yeah, he could be he fluid. Just, yeah, he just came from the Maldives. Who knows what he got into there on that paddleboard? Um. Uh. The men's uh, was it was an interesting event. Again, I think it it favored the power players because that's why you know the, we got the final that we got. Yeah, I mean uh, highlights. Okay, let can we talk about team for a second? Yes. So last week's episode, we were kind of previewing Madrid, and we were wondering how team was going to show up. He had obviously had zero match play was you know working that keister hard in the training sessions before madrid i didn't have a lot of hope for him and here he is into the semifinals right against his bestie yeah i made the semifinals against my bestie <laughs> you know uh i wasn't really expecting too much in terms of my progress uh in between the matches but uh i was really happy to have made the semifinal against uh, sasha and uh when we were in the shower after the match and uh we were sudsing each other down i said uh you go get it and you go take that uh tennis tennis racket title that tennis that, racket trophy. That is uh, spot on Austrian <laughs> accent. Uh, thank, thank you so much. That um, how how long did it take for you to craft that accent? So I was watching. <laughs> um, it took me. I was like watching him some of his interviews. I was like, <laughs> this is a fun accent. I gotta try and bring it out on the podcast it i mean it obviously gives me schwarzenegger 
for yeah. for clear I mean, reasons. <laughs> yeah, obviously. You know, uh, <laughs> me and Sasha took that f- photograph, and you know, people really think that we're Bellamy models, <laughs> but we're actually tennis professionals. And then occasionally, once a year, when they give us a big payday, like $25,000 a scene, we do a Bellamy scene. <laughs> I cannot believe that you just managed to incorporate Bellamy into our podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to, when you do our, um, when you do our IG this week, you'll have to share that photo of them where they look like bellamy models okay i love it that's (laughs) that's in the bag (laughs) i was happy to see him do well i didn't think he would win against verov after how well he was playing but Mm -hmm. um i was really great to just be there and (laughs) make the semifinals. You're just going to do the the rest of the show in the voice <laughs> yeah. of Dominic it's a, Team. It's a tall order to beat <laughs> to beat my buddy Sasha in Madrid having won the title before. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's so good. Well, um, I I mean I don't know where to go from there, but well, um let's talk about Casper again. I think he people have been watching him since the clay court season last year, the delayed clay court season, and they know that he can do his thing. But I don't think people expected him to do as well as he did. And then when he did as well as he did, I think they expected him to beat Mateo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Rude before. He's gotten more attention for his looks on the GLTA message board (laughs) than he has for his actual tennis. But this guy has some credentials starting from the end of last year. I mean, spotty results throughout 2019 and 2020, but he seems to be on the up and up. And um, I kind of liken him to the Mertens of the ATP tour. Like no one really picks Rude at the beginning of a tournament to go deep or to actually win it. But he's proving time and again that he's got the game. And, uh, you know, this... 2021 twink realness that he's serving. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny when um when Wade and I were watching the match with him and you see him close up, he kind of has that like Bellamy. he looks young, but he well, I mean he could be Bellamy a little bit, yeah. But he he looks both young and a little bit older, so he looks like he could be 30, but he's only 22. <laughs> like Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah, he's he ages in every or he he gets younger in every match. So he could be like sixty five or twenty one. <laughs> yeah, depending on how you. But look I at thought that. I actually thought he was older. Like I thought he was more Sasha's age, which is I don't know, like two years older. But he's only twenty two. Twenty two. And uh, yeah, he has a a a nice tidy game. Uh, he has a really good serve for somebody who's smaller like smaller in stature i was gonna say you have a stat that i thought was absolutely remarkable about him for the tournament yeah that he he hadn't faced a a break point until the um the match against bublik and he 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 didn't uh, well he got rid of that break point so he didn't he wasn't broken until his loss so Uh, against berrettini how tall is this guy? Isn't he... I don't know. I think he's like, you know, like a 
Like a six-ish. I mean, he's taller than Schwartzman for sure. <laughs> but so not maybe, a, but maybe not like Eisner. Yeah, no, I think he's sort of in the David for David Ferrer category. I I liken him, and I think you do too. Liken mm. him to David Ferrer. Like a like a little pit bull. Yeah, but I think he has a. I I always felt when I watched David play, he always hit up the middle. Mm. But Casper knows how to move people around and and has a good understanding of the angles of the court especially Uh, on clay and he he was i mean he beat felix in straight sets um he beat well he beat everybody in straight sets until he he met mateo i really was happy no happy is not the right word um i was surprised with John Isner's results. Mm-hmm. John Isner plus Clay typically equals who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but John Isner at Madrid was marvelous. I mean, he moved through the draw pretty well, lost to Dominic team in the quarters. Um, but he was he beat playing Rublev. He beat Rublev. And, yeah. you know, John Isner, any guy with a crazy serve like Isner has can never be counted out. But um, I was, I was, I, yeah, I will say I was happily surprised to see him do so well on clay. Mm-hmm. And the match against team was <laughs> three sets. It was three sets. He lost 6-4 in the third. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it wasn't just kind of a wash for him in the quarters. Yeah, it sort of speaks to, again, that for some reason the surface in Madrid was was favoring the, the heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. What did you... I know that we have a lot to say about the final, so let's get into it, because both of us watched it on the Tennis TV subscription. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually watched it on TSN. You oh. are benefiting from the Tennis TV subscription. You're welcome, but you know we <laughs> we share in the expenses of this podcast. So. Yes. Um, what? But let we should talk about the Nadal match first mm. because I mm. this was one of those matches I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. Dipped into our IG briefly and dipped <laughs> onto the Facebook, and somebody had posted that it was four and four, and I was like defending Zverev because obviously people would have assumed Nadal would would take that match because mm-hmm. I watched Zverev's match against Nishikori and mm. Nishikori was playing well. Like he mm-hmm. wasn't playing terribly, but Zverev blew him off the court. Mm-hmm. And then I also watched his match against Dan Evans, who's playing obviously really well, who's very smart, very crafty, knows the court, knows where to put his opponent. And that match was pretty tight, but he won that match as well. Mm-hmm. And he was just, Zverev has just been playing so well and, you know, striking his forehand and moving the his opponent around with his backhand. So I I wasn't surprised that he beat Nadal. However, Nadal played like shite. Yeah, the commentators, that was the every five second common, comment coming out of the commenta- commentator's mouths. Like, this is not your typical Rafael Nadal. Oh, my God. Like, what's wrong with him? You know? And you're right. He didn't play well. Rafa didn't play well. Um, but uh, against someone like Zverev, who time and again has to prove himself on a big show court, particularly in this occasion where he plays the best 
player on clay ever, he didn't back down. Yeah. And that makes number three for him against yeah. Rafael Nadal. Three in a row. Yeah. Three in a row. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think he his ground strokes are heavy and on a faster clay court that causes some challenge. So if he's hitting the ball deep, that causes Rafa some issues. And even though he can get to every ball and he doesn't um, give up on any point, he was struggling and he was struggling over and above that. I think he was missing easy shots. He was framing balls, which Mm -hmm. is not something that he typically does. Uh, And it seemed in this particular day, I don't even think was a windier day. It seemed the windier day was the next day when Zverev and team were playing uh, in their semi. So, yeah, I mean, I think the case with Zverev and a lot of these guys that are poised to take over the mantle from the top, from the big three, is that they play up in matches against the big three. Like Again, Nadal didn't play well, but Zverev definitely played up. He knew he had to. And then they get past the big three opponent. And, you know, now it's a matter of, like, let me bring that same level of game to finish the tournament instead of having a letdown. Yeah. And then having some someone stupid end up winning the entire tournament, like, you know, <laughs> R- Ramos Vinolas or whatever his name is. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I didn't mean to call you stupid, but um, um, it's funny you mentioned playing up because one of the stats that the commentators mentioned during today's match is that Zverev in Grand Slam matches is zero and nine against top ten players. Yeah. So he plays up in the Masters events and the five hundred events, but he still hasn't you know broken ground in Grand Slams and. Obviously, he lost to team. He lost to me in the final <laughs> of of the U.S. Open, but um, that shows you he who he's playing in the Grand Slams and who he's beating, and then who he's not beating. So obviously, he lost to Djokovic in in the AO quarterfinals, but he's zero and nine against top ten players in Grand Slams. Mm-hmm. He just has to transition that that mental. Um, that mental mind frame into those four tournaments. That's where it really counts. At the end of your career, no one's going to say, oh, remember that time he won the Madrid Masters in 2021? (laughs) No. So, you know, it's time to kind of transition that into the slams. What did you think of the final? I feel like you know the answer to this question. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Because you texted me. Uh, I did text you. The score was close. Um, I felt like the first set was a complete seesaw battle. Berrettini breaking early and then Zverev breaking right back. In the tie break, which it eventually became, Berrettini went up five love and almost completely, as you, I'll quote Jason Patterson, quote, every tennis player's nightmare, end quote, is to lose a tie break after having been up that much, right? Yeah. Almost lost it. Um, did I? I didn't think the tennis was particularly spectacular. It was close in term. It was interesting and fascinating in terms of the score. It was it, at one point it got so disinteresting for me that I decided to <laughs> repot my plants. <laughs> 
And I remember texting you after um, Zverev won the second set. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was a bit gobsmacked at the 8-all in the tiebreak mm. when Zverev mm. decided to hit a first serve, second serve. <laughs> yes. And like, I know you have, it's a, there's clearly some psychological turmoil with his second serve <laughs> yes, in that is. particular moment. There is. He's like, I don't want to have a bitch move where I hit like this poof of a second serve into the net. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm just going to go balls to the wall and yeah. like hit an error and then cost himself the set. And I'm like, oh no, this is uh, clearly he's pl- he's played better. Like Berrettini hit. I think like 11 winners on the forehand, but he hit as many unforced errors. So mm-hmm. he was clearly spraying the ball and, and Zverev was more consistent. And, you know, in the end, he, he just wore him down. Yeah, the third set was... Hmm. Okay, the third set, as you perfectly described, was a masterclass of Aldwin, which yeah. is basically like... Uh, <laughs> dink the player and just get the ball in the fucking court because <laughs> you're well i mean when i play you it's not because your legs you don't have any more legs it's just because i well you you do so well with pace that i just give you no pace yeah i struggle to create pace so i think right. zverev was leaning on that in with barantini in that or sorry barantini in that final game like he he like hit the bottom of the he hit the bottom of the net with his backhand. It was terrible. I was like, oh, poor guy. Yeah. And they the the commentators kept saying, oh, he's he's losing his his fitness or whatever. It was right. Mm. But I think Zverev was the best player in the tournament. To be honest, agreed, agreed. I think if there's anyone that should have come away with that tournament, it's Zverev. And I think his he's peaking at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he is definitely a name to get thrown in the mix when Roland Garros starts in a few weeks. Who did he beat? He beat Team, he beat Berrettini, and he beat Nadal. He beat three top 10 players Jeez, in one yeah. event. You're right. I mean, when you put it that way, how could you not? add him to the mix of players that could come away with a trophy. Yeah. And he beat Nishikori in the second round and Dan Evans, who's been playing really well. Right. So, I mean, this is a, unlike my ex-boyfriend's path to the Monte Carlo crown. You know, this is a legitimate Madrid <laughs> Masters win. This is a legit win. It's not like, you know, he beat number 565 ranked Aldwin Zbera from freaking... Howard Park Tennis Club. <laughs> Altwin Sparrow. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if you asked Zverev if uh, the question of whether we could have a traveling tour right now, if he would say yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> what made you think of that question? Because remember after he <laughs> lost in the AO quarterfinal, he's like, we wow. can't have a traveling tour right now. We should have, you know, we should have a one location <laughs> and we should change the sponsor signs. And here he is, you know, hopping on the plane, win- winning in Acapulco and winning in Madrid. Yeah, I know. It's true. I guess. Who knows? I mean, that would be that would actually be a very fascinating question to ask him. 
Now that he's that he's won two tournaments and has a whole lot of money in his pocket. Yeah, Zverev, if you're listening, <laughs> what do you think of uh, playing a traveling tour right now? <laughs> so Rome is coming up. Rome is coming up. And do you know the reason why I know that Rome is coming up? Because it's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> because having been in charge of the social... All of the players that bowed out early in Madrid are just... <laughs> They're all there. <laughs> They're all, like, eating their gelato, <laughs> visiting, you know, the David, taking pictures at the Trevi Fountain. I mean, <laughs> they're all there, and they're all tourist sighting, for sure. Right. Yeah. You know who's not going to be there for very long? <laughs> Venus? Well, yes, her, because she withdrew, but... <laughs> yes. I think, um, you know, our Canadian boys, Dennis and Felix. Why? Wait, 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 wait. You, wait, wait. You don't think that they're going to be there very long because they suck? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Are you, are you going to, is there going to be an episode forthcoming where you apologize for that statement? (laughs) Probably. There's, there's just going to be one entire episode where I apologize to every player. (laughs) (laughs) But what Alduin has said is not untrue <laughs> so dennis lost to our oh my our uh atp dude bulge bublik did you see <laughs> i they, did see that you saw that yeah so they they tend to he he likes to wear tight long shorts and mm-hmm. show show his little pokeroo <laughs> i mean i wouldn't li- be careful with the adjective little <laughs> <laughs> He's from Kazakhstan. I know nothing about guys from Kazakhstan. But <laughs> so um, Dennis is playing Casper in the first round. Yikes. I mean, it could be a pair Basilashvili situation. I mean, who knows? Well, if you're going to make a comparison and say that Rude is like the Ferrer of 2021, then he's still got some legs to go on to get him through Rome. Yeah. Um, Chapo, I mean, who knows what he's been doing? Has he been writing bars for his new, you know, drop of his rap song? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows? I mean, uh, Chapo, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't put my money on Chapo for this first round encounter. I wouldn't either. No offense, Dennis. Sorry. Just be yeah, honest. Yeah, getting, getting, getting ready for that lost, lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to try to win at all cost cost. Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. I got that flow. Wow. Sony Records, hit us up. <laughs> so, um, and Felix is playing uh, Krajanovic. Philip Krajanovic, another favorite of ATP dudes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the follow, by the way. ATP yeah, dudes. thanks. ATP dudes. <laughs> um, you know, another fan of the white shorts, white pants combo. Um, <clears throat> there is a, a spectacular photo of him uh, in white shorts, white white undies. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> am I going to, am I going to, I don't know. I mean, I think that's going to be more of a contested match, the Felix Krajanovic match. I think so. I, but I do, I do think Dennis is going to lose to... Casper, I think Dennis is going to continue his struggles. And I'm a little concerned about what's happening with Canadian tennis right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not seeing Milos. No. And uh, these 
these two gentlemen, Felix and Dennis, are, are, are struggling at the moment. And Bianca continues to withdraw from things. Yeah, you know, I, uh, gosh, we should really know this. But I saw that Layla was in the qualifying for Rome and I didn't see what her results were. But having said that, I didn't see her in the main draw <clears throat> Excuse me, of the women's tournament. So I'm assuming that she lost in the qualies, which is so sad because yeah. we love a Layla moment. Yeah, we need us some more Layla moments, but there's a few more tournaments in between Rome and FO. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So but, we'll see her. Yeah, I, you know, I've been really amused with the IG stories of the players that have taken photos alongside those co copies, those um, replicas, those, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inspirations of the David. I mean, if I was playing whatever court that one of those side courts is called with those statues of those naked men surrounding me holding the tennis rackets, how could I even concentrate? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, the frick? What a difference three months makes where people were locked in hotels in Australia and now people can just gallivant around Rome. Babe, that, okay, that was the... that. Thank you for reminding me. That was my question. I mean, I am not the you know, international COVID stats website, but... International COVID czar. <laughs> bringing back one of our memories from our podcast where we were called Branch Covidian czars. Branch Covidian czars, my God. <laughs> um, but based on all of the social media that I've been watching over the past week of those players in Rome, like, they're just getting their full life mask-free. Mask-free? Okay. Yeah. O outside, obviously. Outside, um, but it does seem like quote unquote normal in up in Italy when they were one of those high profile countries that were going through it last mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Around this time last year, they were the country that everybody I think was paying attention to yes. and, uh, we'll be paying attention to over the next week. <laughs> uh, hope I assume there'll be a few more fans this year and we, hopefully we can continue the momentum and the warm and fuzzy feelings we were getting from the Madrid event, which was, it, it did feel in many ways like tennis was coming back to normal which i think we all want and and need and um we need to play <laughs> i know i know sooner than later let's cross our fingers yeah so next week we'll talk about rome when in rome when, when in it, rome that was the episode title last year that's true we oh my god we right that rome was in was rome pre-fo last year or was it post-fo Ooh, good question. So it was, it was I think it no, was... No, it was pre. It was pre, it was so pre. it was September. Yes. So maybe we'll call it When in Rome 2. When in Rome, the sequel. The sequel, <laughs> exactly. Until When in Rome. Yes, arrivederci. Arrivederci, thanks for listening, thanks for subscribing, thanks for sharing, thanks for checking out our past interviews, and uh, thanks for your future support of our Patreon page. Yay! <laughs> Bye. Bye. We're here for your tennis-tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast. <laughs>